Hello and welcome to another episode of PwC's Leap Network How to Empower podcast. It is well documented that automation will replace jobs. However, this provides an opportunity for people to reskill and upskill to do roles that cannot be done by machines. Those roles that require value judgments, creativity, and human interaction won't be able to be automated. So how can we prepare for the workforce of the future? Well, in today, I'm joined in our virtual studio by Paul Scrivens. He's commercial director at Love Local Jobs Foundation, who runs Be The Change, an inspirational program aimed at helping students who may face challenges and difficulties to realize their full potential. The program focuses on happiness, confidence, hope, relationships, and employability, and encourages students to identify their personal barriers to success before helping them find ways of overcoming them. I'm also joined by Fiona Kamenzuli, who leads PwC's New World New Skills Program, which looks at the digital upskilling agenda, and Danielle Quinlan, a manager in PwC's audit practice, who's also a purpose advocate, digital accelerator, and mentor on the Be The Change program. Yes, absolutely. Um, thanks very much for having me, Chris. Uh, so the Be The Change program um, is one uh, of a range of initiatives that we run through our foundation, uh, the Love Local Jobs Foundation, uh, and that sits alongside um, lovelocaljobs.com, which is an award-winning uh, regional job board. Um, and basically, since around 2015, we've been trying to make good use of the relationships that we've built with leading local employers such as yourselves through that job board um, to increasingly run programs aimed at helping to support local young people um, and, and really employability is at the heart of the programs that we do. Uh, the purpose of them is really to try and enhance the qualities needed for local young people to be more employable, uh, happy and successful in life and, and their future endeavours. Um, and I think what sits nicely at the heart of, of the programmes that we run um, is the involvement of um, people from within those organisations who support the programmes, who act as business guides, role models, mentors, um, to try and help uh, young people, you know, unpick the messages and the themes behind what we deliver through the programs um, so that they can make sense of it and put it into context and hopefully start applying it to their lives. And, and when you're working with the, the kids, Paul, and I think if I go back to myself, you know, when I was that age, you know, I, I didn't know whether I wanted to be a stunt double, <laughs> as crazy as that sounds. I had no idea what I was going to go into. And I imagine that's a challenge for, for the majority of them. So, so how do, I guess, you guys, especially thinking about the new worlds and future skills, you know, how do you, uh, I guess, sort of give them a, a purview into, into what that might look like and how they should start thinking about it? Well, a lot of the young people that we typically work with are year nine, which is around the age of 13 or 14 years old. And in fairness, I don't think there's many 13 or 14 year old kids that, you know, fully know what they want to be when they grow up. I certainly didn't. So I don't think you're on your own there, Chris. But I think the way that we try and approach that um, and certainly something that we've done through this year's program um, is just to try and help them understand um ways in which uh, they have potential and ways in which that they have ability. So a good example is if you put a question out and say, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? Um, you know, a lot of them will say professional footballers. Now, you know, 
with the best will in the world. I hope that they all turn out to be the next Lionel Messi uh, and have amazing lives. Um, but in reality, you know, there's a, a minute number of people that are going to have the um, the ability to be a professional footballer. However, you know, a way that we'll tee that up with young people is we'll help them understand, you know, are they word smart? Can, can they write about football? You know, are they people smart? Could they work in the, the hospitality side um, at the grounds that deliver football? You know, are they picture smart? Could they photograph it or could they, they, they video it? You know, and really just to get them to think about all the other ways that they can uh, employ the strengths that they have and the interests um, that they subscribe to so that they can, you know, still do something that they're passionate and enthusiastic about and, and give their best selves in the pursuit of a career in that direction. I love that. And I think even now at 31, I think I'm, there's still a part of me that hopes that dream of coming a professional footballer is still alive, but I think it's, it is long gone by now. But um, You could but, maybe but, be a goalkeeper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, well, yeah, I, you know, stick me in the middle, I'll do a job. Um, well, well, Daniel, you were a business guide on this program. What difference did you see in your mentees and, and what impact did you see at a professional level? Hi, Chris. The The biggest change that I definitely saw was it was in their confidence. At the first event, so many of the students just wouldn't look you in the eye. Um, and I was met by so many blank faces when I was asking them about what their skills were and what they were good at. Seeing them four months later stood in the boardroom at our more London office in front of 40 others, giving elevator pitches to the room, um, really articulately talking about what they're good at and what their skills were was just incredible. Um, and I certainly felt an immense sense of pride from that. I guess beyond that sense of pride, as a business guide, I, I did take a lot from it. You know, trying to coax conversation out of some really shy students forced me to adapt my communication style and the way I ask questions but for me I think the biggest thing was hearing someone who was so clearly capable of something they were sitting there and telling me that they absolutely couldn't do and weren't capable of definitely made me go away and think about the mental barriers that I put on myself and things that you know I tell myself I can't do and I probably can. And that's really interesting. And just out of interest, what, what are the typical skills that the mentees are coming back with at the end saying, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good at this, good at the other. I'm, I'm just really keen to understand. Um, a lot of it was, you know, communication skills. And one of, one of the girls that I was mentoring, she was she was so good at talking to people, so empathetic. Um, she had such an energy about her. But I don't think she was really seeing that in herself at all. And, you know, at the end, she was able to stand there and say, you know, I'm really caring, I'm great at talking to people, and I have loads of energy, and, and I'm really passionate. I think that's amazing, and kudos to, to you and Paul for, for help bringing that out of, of students. I've been thinking back to, to my time, God, at that age, I, I had no idea what, what I was thinking about doing, and you know, certainly didn't think about those skills and how you know important they might be moving into the future. And, and just going on to that, you know, I guess going back into the intro, Danielle, I mentioned that you are a digital accelerator at PwC. Can you explain a bit more about the program and what you've been doing? Yes. So the digital accelerator program is focused on driving our digital transformation agenda across the firm, but in a citizen led model um, and is really part of our wider digital upskilling agenda. I think it's a brilliant example of the firm really empowering people of all grades to take responsibility for the firm's transformation, opposed to, you know, just leading from the top down. So 250 of us across the UK were put through quite an intense training program on leading through disruption, design thinking, and on some new technologies. 
And the role was basically to go back into the business and, and well, disrupt. <laughs> um, a lot of that has been helping teams to approach their problems differently, think outside the box and showcasing the technology that we do have available to us. But to the point in your intro, it was really about how we can build digital solutions into what we do, not to replace our people, but to free them up to focus on the more judgmental, interesting and creative parts of our jobs, which ultimately I think we all enjoy more. Well, I guess going nicely onto that um, and thinking about that new world, new skills, leads me nicely to, to Fiona. So Fiona, can you tell our, our listeners a little bit more about the new world, new skills agenda at PwC and, and what skills young people need to think about as they enter the working world, as scary as that sounds? Yes. Hi, Chris. Um, well, I think you mentioned in your intro that, of course, we there's a lot of research out there which demonstrates the impact technology is going to have on jobs. But there's also additional broader uh, impacts in terms of the demographic changes globally, changing social attitudes to work, uh, trust in business. All of these things are actually disrupting industries and businesses in terms of thinking about how they need to operate differently in a new world of work. Um, how do you think about driving productivity? How do you create opportunities? So these are some really, really big macro changes for organizations. And they create a really broad societal challenge, actually, not just a business challenge. And New World New Skills is basically PwC's response to this broad societal challenge. And to try and navigate this, we've been taking a variety of approaches. Basically, I, I, I bucket them into three three broad camps. So the first is, you know, how can we as an organization really uh, drive, create and almost elevate the debate around skills and upskilling and the need to create opportunities. And, and to do that um, as part of the campaign, really linking in with key stakeholders across all parts of society, whether that be government, educators, businesses, to really, you know, develop the, de the debate and try and work out what the right answers are here. Um, the second is actually PwC's own role in the communities in which we serve. So what can we do as an organisation to try and improve or create opportunities for skilling um, in various parts of, of the economy um, across the UK and globally? And the third is how we work with our clients, because obviously organisations have, have a really big role to play here in terms of the, the skills agenda and the opportunities they create. So that's that's a summary of, of the, the agenda and, and the campaign. To your question about what skills young people need to think about, I mean, Danielle sort of hit nearly all of the things I was going to mention, actually, which are there's, a, there's an enormous focus on digital skills. And I think that that's not going to go away because clearly um, the implications for te of, of technology and digital change and disruption, they're going to form a part of our everyday life and how we work. And even, you know, we've all seen that even in the past year, a lot of us working remotely, the need for people to uh, become a lot more comfortable operating digitally. Um, but I think really importantly are the skills that go around that to make that real. And, and a lot of the, the roles, as you said in your intro, that, that will come in the future aren't just about tech, they're about applying values, judgment, creativity. So I think, you know, skills like communication, um, how you engage with others, empathy, leadership, um, the human skills that are really going to make this work. But importantly, I think if I were to put those all into a big wrapper, it's about how you get the right skills to make you agile. You know, how can people, how can young people today get themselves in the best position to prepare for a future which is going to be fluid, you know, and not fixed, and therefore agility 
is is really going to help create and give people the best opportunities um you know we're sort of not in not in a in a world anymore where people have a one job from the age of when they leave school right through to when they retire that that's changed a lot so that agility and i think looking at those human skills are really key to help creating that agility and resilience and fiona just on that and thinking about maybe our listeners who are thinking you know they're the skills i want to be chasing you know if i think about where like you said society everywhere is heading do you have any tips for our listeners as to how about maybe going about accumulating those skills well, I think I think the first thing is I would encourage everybody to um, to be curious, right? So I think be curious and to have the confidence. I mean, again, Danielle used the word confidence, and and it was really lovely to hear the story she said about the impact that, that the the program, both you know the, the program that Paul talked about, but also the digital accelerator has on people's confidence. I'd encourage them to have the confidence to ask questions and, and speak up and and ask seek out opportunities i think that's that's a, that's a, you know one of the first things to do engage with uh people you know you know just be curious and find out what's out there but also don't be afraid to actually almost demand opportunities and this is where i think uh organizations and other stakeholders can play a really big part in making sure they put the right framework in place so that when people ask to understand how they could learn something or make the most of their strengths those opportunities can be there but i think the number one thing is speak to people i mean you talked earlier about you know paul was talking about 13 to 14 year olds like paul i didn't i didn't have a clue what i wanted to do when i was 13 14. <laughs> um and i probably didn't even know in my in my early 20s yeah you know it, it's a tough it's a tough thing but actually um looking back um i sort of wish if i talked to my 13 year old se self i had a bit more confidence to just talk to people I knew about, you know, what they did, how they learn, you know, what they found useful and, and, and built, built my confidence that way. And I think if I could if I could give myself some lessons from when I was 13, it would be that just really ask the questions because people really want to help and they will they will, you know, reach out and, and, and pull you along and help you. But Paul, you know, we've already given some insights into the role that businesses can play in upskilling. You know, but how can government, education, corporates you know, work together to have a greater impact on society when it comes to upskilling and, and leveling up? I think it's a really big opportunity. Um, and we've experienced that on a kind of smaller local scale. You know, the majority of the initiatives that we run are in partnership with the local authority, leading local employers uh, and the local secondary schools. Uh, and it's a model that works really well because everybody's got a really kind of important um, stake uh, 
in in the game you know um and i think everybody's kind of coming at it from a from a similar perspective um and it and it works it works incredibly well but i think you know if that sort of approach can become more kind of commonplace and and kind of expanded outwardly um i guess and adopted more at a kind of government level i think it can only help so um you know i was listening to a podcast a couple of days ago and the chap on that he said wouldn't it be amazing if there was a gcse in character or a gcse in leadership you know and i think those types of changes will only make the kind of outcomes that we're striving to achieve from the programs we deliver um more possible because everybody will be coming at it from a you know increasingly streamlined perspective and, and, and danielle I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot and well, extremely tough question here but given you're one of our digital accelerators if you, if you had to name one skill that would be integral to the future working world what would it be i think without a doubt is communication i think the last year has really highlighted that you know, we're so much more reliant on technology than we've ever been before. You know, it's, it's for the last year, it's been how we've been interacting every single day at work. But that's also really brought to light how important effective communication is. You know, I, I've definitely noticed it when you've got a team that aren't sitting in a room together, the ability to engage everyone and make sure that everyone is, is brought in and working cohesively together. Um, you know, and and delivering sometimes tough messages. It, it is so important to have that, those communication skills, um, you know, where we're relying on technology, you just, the need to leverage them is even greater, I think. Yeah, I think there's something to be said about bringing energy in a face-to-face -face meeting and bringing energy over a video call, especially since you've been on them since the last, oh, feels like forever now. Uh, yes, I, I'm, I'm completely with you on that. Zoom fatigue is a thing. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, Fiona, I'll ask the same question to you, you know, for the one skill, and maybe I'll open it up if there was a number that you wanted to list, but you know, what are those that are integral to the future working world? Well, Danielle stole my one, which was going to be communication, so I'm going to have to think of another, but actually, I, think, <laughs> I, I do, I agree, I think communication is, is so important. I think maybe um, getting at being agility and that's not necessarily a skill as such but mm. I think being getting comfortable being comfortable with change and and building the sort of agility to be able to cope with change uh, or respond to it I think is hugely valuable um and you know that goes alongside then I think it, it, it complements really well if you've got if you've got really strong communication skills it can enhance your leadership skills so for me that agility would be really really critical I, I think that's a great point I think you know if I think about my uh, some of my friends who uh you know literally been working off sort of paper spreadsheets on in some of what they do to now to you know have those go digital on a sort of a different platform is, is an entirely different way of working and i think that's only going to continue to change as we move further into the future so yeah i, I think that is a skill i think agility if it's not it certainly should be i'm completely with you on that and um and, and paul to i guess to, to 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 wrap up how can we encourage young people to understand the skills that they have I'd like to actually just chuck in uh, my tuppence on the on the last question as well. Please Chris, do, if that's, Please if, do. If that's okay. Um, of course. I, I think um, communication and agility are, are are really important. I completely agree with that. I think a, a big one for me that 
seems to kind of grow in my own mind as an important ingredient is emotional intelligence. Um, mm. It's something we're increasingly talking about. Um, and I think Fiona mentioned it earlier. Uh, and I think in line with what, what Fiona was talking about, you know, it, it's such a such a kind of diverse landscape to work in now. There's so many different things going on um, in the world that we live in. And I think being able to being able to look at that through lots of different lenses and understand many different kind of points of view and perspectives is crucial, you know, in so many ways, you know, whether you're looking at it from, you know, a marketer that wants to kind of get, you know, a message out to an audience or whether you're looking at it from a kind of internal perspective as, you know, how to, you know, leverage the best relationships with your colleagues or whether it's from a kind of, you know, a sales perspective in terms of, you know, how best to engage with a prospect. I just think that ability to be able to kind of understand somebody else's kind of view of the world and be able to get your point across in a in a way that is you know empathetic of the, the hugely diverse range of you know beliefs and opinions um that are all out there um i think that's going to be be really important and i think it begins right at school on a kind of on a really kind of simple level when it's just been being decent to each other you know and and you know not treating you know one kid differently because they're good at sport and another kid differently because they dress a bit different and you know that those sort of building blocks i think are increasingly important in how that transfers into adult life no i'm with you and i you know i i completely with you and i think about how important you know the diversity inclusion agenda is you know, on, 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 for everyone right now, I think you're completely right to be able to empathize and put yourself in someone else's shoes. Um, and, and Paul, you know, look, looking to, you know, wrap up and yeah, how can we encourage young people to understand the skills that they have? I, th I think it's a, a tricky question to have like a one size fits all answer. I mean, from our experience with the programs that we deliver, we sort of have a three pronged attack you know we try to show them by kind of grabbing their attention and inspiring them with inspirational deliveries um, we try to get them involved you know through um, discussions and activities um, you know to help them understand uh, some of these kind of building blocks and foundation points uh, that we try and instill in the program and, and then finally we try to guide them through the mentoring element of the program uh, and role model the way you know and, and listen to some of their challenges and you know share our own experiences again just to create that kind of layer of context but i think you know that's that's the way that, that we approach it but i don't think that necessarily encompasses everything um that can be done i, I think an interesting thing on um you know what will influence young people on some of the things we've spoken about today is I think as adults we're naturally getting more in tune with this kind of stuff anyway you know the access to information on you know themes like mindset and confidence and self-belief which are all elements of the program that we cover you know I think as adults there's a increasing demand to absorb information and, and receive guidance and pointers from you know podcasts and uh, books and you know everything that's out there in this kind of 
digital world that we now live in. So it will be interesting to see how that all kind of ripples down because something that always resonates with me from the business guides that take part in our programs, and I think Danielle mentioned on it, is you know lots of our mentors will come away saying not just that they feel like a better manager or that they feel more empathetic, but that they feel like a better parent. Um, and so I think as adults, it's just showing more of an interest in these themes and understanding the importance of them. It'll be it'll be really interesting to see how that sort of ripples down um, to our kids um, and and what sort of future that builds, which goes right back to the point at the beginning where, you know, if jobs are going to become more automated, um, it does create, you know, more room for those kind of human qualities to shine through. So I think it's it's never been important that that, that transition takes place. No, Paul, I'm completely with you and what a, an amazing message to, to wrap up our, our, our episode today. And look, thank you so much to all of you, Paul, Fiona, Danielle, for, for sharing your thoughts today around the, the workforce of the future. It's, it's been a truly fascinating discussion. Thank you to our listeners for tuning in. This is the last episode of the series. Um, uh, we will be coming back for series three, which will be led by my colleague Depesh Devadra. Something to look forward to for sure. And there'll be some social media communications coming around what you can expect for a huge series three. Look, I just wanted to give you a, a huge thank you to all of our listeners, uh, in particular, uh, Chris and Abby from our studio, and to the founders of the network, the Leap Network, uh, Lucy Roberts, Emma Charlesworth, and Susie Wolfson for, for all their guidance and for providing me the opportunity. I've really enjoyed it. To all of our guests that I've had the pleasure of interviewing and speaking with, um, and to all of our listeners who who listen and go away with, a, with an amazing story, which hopefully can empower you to, to, to take some change about what you're really passionate about. But thank you so much. Really looking forward to Series 3. Wishing you all well and uh, join you next time.